Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of Two Wrongs and a Writer. Uh, I am Tilesh, one of the non-writers, who is also a developer. I am Victor, and I'm not a writer, and I'm an engineering student. Hey everybody, uh, my name is Raymond, and I am the writer of these three morons. Uh, I've been writing since 2015, so I have a little bit of a leg up on these two guys. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so... We like to do really weird things. If any of us have ever wanted to try something, we really like to go into it. So if any of us wanted to dance, we did that. We wanted to learn how to make music. We tried that. Basically, if we have a passion we want to follow, that's what we do. And we were like, let's start a podcast. So this is us doing that. Here it is. Uh, yeah. So Timber, what's the first writing prompt? The first writing prompt comes from Twitter on the, uh, not Twitter. Why do I always say that? Fucking Reddit. Uh, from the subreddit writing prompts <laughs> <laughs> that had nothing to do with anything but thank you for that are you bring up our race uh, <laughs> yes yes we cannot <laughs> okay yeah we, we are also different colors yeah I mean not really two of us are the same you're the only different one yeah you're so the fine. odd one out <laughs> no it's okay rainbow nation and such it's not much of a rainbow um so the first part comes <laughs> Just a two-toed palette. Okay, <laughs> All right, so the first prompt comes from Reddit, from the subreddit writing prompts. Uh, it was posted on the 1st of January by user LucasDigman112. And the prompt is, soon after AIs were made, they quickly took over the earth. But instead of killing the human race, they started to take care of humanity like children, trying to make sure they didn't hurt themselves or others. At first, people tried to resist, but slowly surrendered due to how nice it was. Oh my gosh. So basically, we chose this prompt just because like every, 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 everything that we see about AI is like destroying humanity and shit like that. You know, like, uh, uh, what's that one movie? Um, Terminator. Terminator, yeah, like all those movies, or like an iRobot is like, oh, Big these Hero robots 6. are trying to destroy humanity. Blah, blah, Big blah. Hero Six is adorable. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, an AI. It's also, it's also a Marvel movie. It's also an, it's also a Marvel. Movie. Yeah. Like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> As you, yeah. Okay. Like, but the only so... person who's died in Marvel is Tony Stark, and he might not even really be dead. So he's dead. We don't need him anymore. It's yeah, fine. but I heard, I heard, I saw, I saw an article saying that, uh, what's his name? The actor, Robert Downey Jr. was yeah. apparently going to come back to, um, to, to the thing. To the universe. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah, I heard that, but now I'm worried because I really hope they don't do that. I really hope Tony Stark stays dead. Yeah, or they don't need to bring him back. If he comes back as a different character. No, no because he's still going to be Tony Stark to everybody. <laughs> okay, tangent done. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we will do this according to alphabetical order, but the opposite way around. So, Victor, you will start this week. So unfair. <laughs> yeah. Tell us how it's it was fair. working with the prompt. Uh, okay, so this was essentially for me, it was painful. I'm not going to lie. Like, writing this was so painful. Um. <laughs> basically i i i i went all logical about it in a sense um 
Mm. I just as you do. I was mm. just like, okay, what's our prompt? What's it made up of? And I just like ripped it apart and tried to build it into something that made sense to me, which may not make sense to I don't know who's gonna read this. Like, good luck. Um, but at the end of the day, there was something, and yeah, I mean, I guess I'm here so that I can get better. So I'm ready for that critique. And the story, it's called Harmony. Time for lunch, Tracy. I will edit your report while you indulge in your favorite today. Lasagna. Patricia is already waiting for you downstairs at your favorite spot. I made sure you meet there. You really deserve a good time out from all the work you've been doing. Head on over to the cafeteria and grab your food. If you leave now, you'll run into Brian, who's been feeling slightly emotional since his NFL team lost. He's a Jets fan. Anyway, make sure to suggest that he take the sushi today. He will love you for it. Don't forget to be back by 12.45 for video meeting 435 with Dennis Livingston, scheduled for September 23rd at 1 o'clock. Come on, I was on the last paragraph of that, sighed Tracy while giving up on her futile efforts to keep on typing on her heat pad. Also, did you have to speak into my earpiece and write it in big bold letters all over my screen? I don't remember saying that. My life isn't exactly some anime that needs subtitles, you know. Lunchtime is lunchtime. Besides, you've been hungry for the past 35 minutes, and it's making your work inefficient. 12.4% less, so to be exact. As for my subtitles, it's the consequence for not listening to me during former times. You brought it upon yourself. Tracy reluctantly gets up from her now slowly but elegantly opening work pod to be instantly whizzed away by her nine-bot segue to the cafeteria. I mean, the guy has zero personality. <sighs> Poor Brian. I hope they find him a better friend than me. I'm just terrible. Tracy shakes her head as she digs into her meal. I'd fight you if I didn't agree with you so much, T. But I don't think he'll be getting over that wavy red hair. Never mind your bizarre retro outfit choices. You're basically a cosplay, shrugs Patricia. After jolting in shock, Tracy looks down at her, waist, at, at her wrist as it goes on to vibrate four more times. 12.40, lunchtime is over. As she continues to take a couple more mouthfuls of lasagna to her mouth, a hovering disc sweeps in to relieve her of her plate of food, not without revealing some veins in her hands as she hands it over. Awkward, sneers Patricia in her iconic light-hearted tone. Uh, I can't believe Dennis wants all the paperwork for the safety features of the update by tomorrow. I'm already reviewing all the feedback from the past five months all by myself. 
this is ridiculous. <sighs> but I guess I'd better get on with things if I want to finish. Sometimes I wish I didn't care so much. The workload is pulverized under Tracy's sheer focus, melting away as she effortlessly glides her hands over the two orbs of her pod that allow her to navigate and execute her work like she's dancing on ice. As she reaches up to rub her neck, she begins to feel the motion of her seat coming to life behind her in a gentle massage. The atmosphere of the pod adjusts to that of a late spring afternoon drive in a Bentley Continental GT with the top down. This, accompanied with the virtual endless grassland she now finds herself sitting in the middle of, quickly saw her at the end of her workday. 1808 already? Tracy exclaimed after she glanced over at her smartwatch. Well, at least it's better than last time, spoke an invisible female voice out of her pod. Why didn't you stop me? Overall efficiency levels remained above average the entire time. I didn't detect an imbalance in your mood. You actually seemed rather joyful until now. So I had no reason to. Maybe I should become an alcoholic so that you can let me run away with that too. Alcohol increases your risk of chronic liver inflammation. I was kidding. <sighs> now, please open my pod so I can get out of here. The pod opens up to the outside world Tracy's been shut off from for most of the day. A sight more gray and unenergetic than the world she was ruling over within her pod. Hmm, though you do have a point. I was enjoying that a little too much. With a touch of her wristwatch, Tracy unlocks the front door of her fortress. As the door opens, the bronze glow of the overly extravagant chandelier radiating off of her pearly white walls welcomes her. Welcome home, honey, shouted a deep, raspy voice from up the winding staircase. I've got something for you. <sighs> I'm super excited, Henry, Tracy responds after a moment of silence and a long, deep breath out. With a few thumps of the stairs, Henry appears in front of Tracy with a bouquet of bubblegum pink carnations. This is for you. I love you, honey. Henry recited. Oh my, they're beautiful. But what's the occasion? Tracy asks in monotone as her wrist vibrates. Just thought I'd spoil you a little. I know they're your favorite. I appreciate the gesture, but you wouldn't naturally know that, Henry. Her wrist vibrates once more. It's the thought that counts, honey. 
lighten up a little. Here, they're yours. Hedry insists as he tries to hand them over to her almost as a puppet would if it could. Tracy's wrist vibrates again as she hesitates in complacency. She looks down and on her watch reads, take the flowers, as well as 15 unread messages from the past seven minutes. And this? Tracy asks as she grabs the flowers in one hand and curiously peeks around the square brown card embedded within the arrangement. As she turns the bouquet around, only one word from the message is visible. The rest hidden between the petals of the fresh blossoms. <sighs> Sorry, Tracy chuckles. <laughs> this is a joke. Why do I even bother? The bouquet lands on the couch in abandonment as Tracy starts up the stairs past Henry. No, hun, I, I really... I told you I'd make an effort to change and... Change? Tracy exclaims. Frozen on the staircase with veins showing on the hand that's now suffocating the rails. She put you up to this. This is all her. Have you even felt anything in the past five months of, since all of this? Oh, wait, that's my bad. I bet all you care about is the damn indulgence session you'll be awarded for for being her stupid puppy. Tracy's grip loosens as the room grows slightly colder. And I'm just supposed to play along like I always... <sighs> Good night, Henry. Tracy marches up to the bathroom and closes the door behind her. She walks up to the mirror to begin her regular evening routine, the start of which is signaled by her handbag hitting the counter and her wielding her faithful-to-nature product. Oh, gosh. 28 messages now. Tracy sighs. This week is going to be absolute hell because of this. Thanks a lot, Henry. Ah! Tracy flinches as she exposes the black, raised skin behind the makeup around the ridge of her nose and veering off towards her left eye. Tracy pauses for what seems like enough time to declare her Samara from the ring. Abruptly, she fumbles around her bag within her bag to finally pull out a polished piece of metal that seems a bit too large for her small hands. An unusual string tied from the trigger guard hooks onto the zipper of her handbag and spills all the contents of her bag all over the floor. Unfazed by the chaos, she continues to shove the piece of metal down her throat, shut her eyes so hard that they tremble and 
No. Tracy Muffles. No, Garrett, when did you do this? Tracy is relieved of her piece of metal by another clunk of metal that meant the end of domestic workers a couple years ago. Her wrist vibrates. I thought I could trust you with it if I removed the bullets. But I guess not. Your stress levels are a bit higher than usual. This won't be optimal for your duty as a wife and an employee. Now, would you like the low, medium, or high setting? Tracy slowly turns her clenched fist around to reveal the other side of her wrist. Two teardrops land on the healed lines that tattoo her right forearm. What's the maximum setting you have? She whispers as she straddles herself on the closed toilet seat and slowly slides her skirt up from her knees. And that's that. And that is the story. I'm, I'm, I've, I've still got questions. I'm, still, I'm reading it. I heard you. I've, I've got questions. <laughs> Ask away. <laughs> Okay, so I mean, you're supposed to have questions, but I, I guess the author yeah, I know you are supposed to know already. I won't lie, this time around, I've, I like I understand the environment more and I understand the setting, so it kind of felt like like a black mirror type thing where it's like you just thrown into an entire universe, and this is basically just like three days in the life of. I get that, like, I, I, I feel the uh black mirror aesthetic. Of, of the whole thing. And you haven't even watched it. I've never so even seen. That's a very, Black very Mirror. good catch. I've showed you an episode. Oh, I showed you like the last oh, few yeah. minutes of an episode. Oh, yeah. Um, but it is very, very Black Mirror-ish. Yeah, it's super dark. Actually, I, I, want, I want to hear that. Like, from each of you, what does... Give me a, a rundown of what, what this sounds like to you. Like, just as it is. So, for me, it sounds like a fake dystopian world. So it sounds like a world that on the surface looks great. It looks, you know, amazing. These AI are there. They're, you know, optimizing your workforce. They're making you be social, blah, blah. It sounds great, but it doesn't account for personal problems or personal preference. So they, these AI's recommendations aren't more, aren't so recommendations as much as they are, quote unquote, commandments. Mm. So... You know, like this line here, let me just find it. Um, I thought I could trust you with it if I remove the bullets, but I guess not. Your stress levels are a bit higher than usual. This won't be optimal for your duty as a wife and an employee. That line there makes me feel as if though, you know, she doesn't, she's not happy with Henry, but the machines are like, hey, this is the best course of action for you. So this is what you're going to do. So that's what it feels like for me. Yeah, like it took the entire prompt in the direction that you would automatically think, which is like, cool, AIs have taken over and they looked after us. And at first you might enjoy it because it's like, cool, everything is optimized. We get our food when we need it. But then at a certain point, it's like, I want to do things that are 
not as efficient. I want to enjoy. I want to have fun. And fun is not naturally an efficient thing. So this always explores that root of cool. What happens when when the world is overly efficient and overly optimized to the point where we probably run everything into the ground because of our emotions, and this is just the world without that. So it's again very black mirror. Yeah. It's very dark and mm. interesting because it's like a robot doesn't well, an AI as we know it doesn't know, understand how to how to grasp emotion. And this is like cool. Why would you want to kill yourself if you're doing your work efficiently? And you're being a good wife, like that's everything you could possibly want, or everything you should possibly want. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel it too. So it's a, it's a crack in, in the reality, that has been laid out. For you, instead of a reality that you've chosen. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like in terms of the writing, it's it's, it's well written. It is. It's actually it's really freaking good. Mm. It's like you can see you read like a lot of manga and all this kind of stuff because the writing is good. You have your character bills. It is very yeah. confusing often who's talking and trying to understand which character you at right now because like you don't get introduced to any of them. It's just like cool. There's a Tracy, a Brian, whoever, whoever. No <laughs> relations to anyone. So it's yeah. like this is basically like jumping in past the introduction of a story. Like just that piece just afterwards where you're like, okay, what are my characters doing? So yeah. It's an odd place to start the, the extraction of this, this writing prompt, but it's still it's very interesting. Mm. I would say for a full story, this would be basically brilliant as, a, as an opening piece because you establish so much that it makes us curious. Yeah. It makes us curious for how it started. It makes us curious for the characters, blah, blah, blah. So for like a, a, an opening for a book or a story or something like this, this would actually be really, really freaking good mm. because you're just thrown into the deep end and you have to pedal backwards essentially to figure out how we got you. Yeah. yeah. It's a very cool piece. And it's like the challenge was getting a, enough information in 1,500 to 2,000 words. Um, I think the only trick now is trying to like, like stick with how you write, but maybe have a little bit more establishing. Cause I mean, this is great. Yeah. After you hear it for like three times, the first time it's just <laughs> yeah. like, what is going on? So yeah. you have to re-listen, re-listen. The first time I was so confused. I was just like, who are, what, what, where, yeah. what's happening? Um, oh yeah. So back to my question. Um, okay. Is she part robot? Is she like part mechanical? Because who? you mentioned um, Tracy. Tracy or the AI? Abrupt. Tracy. Tracy, I know the AI has some sort of metallic thing in them, ex- endoskeleton or whatever. But Tracy, from this line, um, Tracy flinches as she exposes the black raised skin behind the makeup around the ridge of her nose. Are you just saying that she's black, or are you saying that she? Okay. Are you saying that she's part mechanical? So what I'm saying there is that she has a black eye. She has a bruise around her face underneath the makeup. Oh, okay. Yeah. The moment, the second you said it, I, it made sense. The second you said it made sense. And then everything after that makes a hundred percent more sense for me. Mm. Okay. 
never mind. Okay, yeah, okay. That's cool. Because like at first I thought it was like cool. She was pulling something up and she like lifted her skin. Like she literally pulled the skin off of her flesh or something. Same. Yeah. That, that's what I was also thinking. Um, so my suggestion would probably be something along the lines of it's really good. Like I'm not like, I don't want to discourage you in any way, shape or form. It's really, really freaking good. Yeah. Um, but try, you know, just a few extra words would help. Uh, because that, that like it, it did, it did really just screw us over just that line. Now with the understanding of that line, everything else makes so much more sense. Um, what so, what makes more sense now? Would you say now that you've described it with the with the raised skin and the uh, you know the around the ridge of her nose veering off to her left eye? Now that I know it's a black eye, yeah, everything else makes sense. It everything else the about her, yes, like it emphasizes. I would say it emphasizes the impact of the abuse, mm. like the fact that she's so done that she she is willing to to bite a bullet like she's so done that she wants to just end it mm. and it also brings home how mm. unemotional the ai is because she is in this abusive relationship but they're like hey that's not the point of this mm. you're going to be a good wife and a good worker it doesn't matter that you're going through this it's going to help you be more effective mm. and here's some flowers so, to make it all better it, yeah yeah, mm. so it, it really brings home the, the sort of um, dis, disconnected, um, what's disconjoint relationship between the humans as well as the AI and the humans. So it shows how the cracks in humanity have gone so deep that abuse is no longer that big a deal because it's not, it doesn't factor into an effective outcome. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, um, so because of because of that black eye, the, the 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 AI is like, dude, it doesn't matter. Like, that's not important right now. You need to be a good wife and a good worker. Your husband apologized. Apologized. You can't you can't kill yourself because you need to be more effective. You need to be ready for the next day. Mm. So it it really shows. It would really show the cracks more prominently. If if you, because that's a good twist. So if you expanded on the twist just a little bit more, it would have been, yeah, perfect. How like, how would you suggest I perfect. like r- explain something like that in a way that makes more sense? In a way, do you want to keep it more subtle, or do you want it to be more like, hey, there we go. <laughs> so essentially i want i want it to be subtle like i like mm-hmm. i sort of like that it's something that y- you'd need to read maybe more than once but I-, I don't want it to be discouraging to a point where like after the first read you don't want to read it again because it's like okay i don't know what the hell is going on there yeah. Um, right yeah yeah so it so- must it must be subtle but things maybe late ma- mentioned later on so essentially a lot of the things even here um will only make sense properly later on in the story what i wrote here is like you know if you have a movie right and yeah like you 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 watch the beginning watch the beginning watch the beginning and then this happens and then you see the title and then they actually start narrating what's happening 
So this is that oh, part yeah, so like before a, the actual movie begins. The establishing scene. Yeah, it's just like yes, the establishing scene. Yeah, it's like okay, it's like if you've watched. Oh, okay. Well, Timber knows. It's like you know, in your name. Yeah. When you when you see the when you Animator. see the when you see the yeah, <laughs> just let it happen. Okay. You enjoy it. <laughs> it's gonna happen yeah. so much. Just let it happen. Yeah, in the beginning, when you see the comet, right? You just see the comet. Yeah. And then the show starts. It's, yeah. it's like that. No, I get what like you mean. Comet part. Yes. Okay. I get what you mean. So the way I would say the best way to to change this, it's actually not a lot. So it's just your wording. Tracy flinches as she exposes the black raised skin behind the makeup around the ridge of her nose. It's just the wording. Yeah. So if you had mentioned that she took a uh, stash, you have a you have a girlfriend. What's that? What do they use to remove the makeup? What's that cloth called? Makeup remover. Yeah, it's just makeup remover. There's no cloth. Okay. Jesus, I'm sorry. But <laughs> I think so. so or a, that a one. piece of cotton. I don't if know. If you just if you didn't say ridge of her nose, if you said remove the makeup to reveal the black around her eye, perfect. But you said ridge okay. of her nose, and that's why I got confused. Okay. Yeah, that also kind of that also kind of did um, you know like kind of steer me off course. Is it? But uh, yeah, just, just the phrasing. And also if you'd say that she'd taken the, the, the makeup remover and as she wiped her eye flinched to expose the black raised skin, then it would have clicked more that, oh shit, okay. So after removing her makeup, then we see the black raised skin behind it. Mm. So that would have been a little more descriptive and it would have led us you know, a little closer to that, we would have suspected yeah. that it would have been a case of abuse at that point. Mm, okay. So it's just that little twist. But other than that, I think it's really, really dope. Yeah. Really, like, freaking well done with this, honestly. Yeah, it's super oh, sick. Yeah. Especially for your first piece. Mm-hmm. I would just say that another part of this challenge is to still try and pack enough information in 1,005 to 2,000, you know, like, yeah. like, don't forget that that is also a part of the challenge to like still have some understandability in that time frame. So yeah, have some more pace because it is a very story, a very slow storyline right now for trying to pack an understanding into such a small amount of words. Yeah. I, d- I didn't know how this was going to pan out. I just wrote, <laughs> but I mean, as it is, it's, it's sick. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's cool. All right. Wait, can well, I ask something? Yeah. Does, uh, sure. Does, so there's a there's a there's another part in the story that sh- that's supposed to suggest why this is okay why the ai can allow this to happen like this kind of abuse to happen um do you pick that up no no i don't Not at all is it yeah okay well, because is it because it doesn't impact the overall efficiency um so essentially uh you know the second last paragraph yeah the second to last yeah Mm. so she used to cut herself to feel better uh yeah i figured that from from that from those yeah from that the healed lines yeah Mm. 
So it just factored that into as part of her personality. I don't know. I think some other time we can speak about what the AI actually, like how it works, but maybe I'll just let this, I might just write more and then let the story explain itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can always revisit a topic if it's a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. So I'll go next then. Okay. So this, I, I was, I was kind of excited because I mean, coding, so AI is very exciting to me. Um, so I was just like, okay, cool. I know how I'm going to address this. I immediately was like, I want to go comedy because I'm more quirk than you guys are. Because I mean, mm. Victor, you're optimistic, but dark. Temba, you're just depressing and dark. And I just like being funny as shit. So this was my attempt Yay. at writing funny. It's kind of a mess, but yeah, let's see. It's a good mess. All right. Cool. So, my story's name is Dystopian Bewildering. It's the year 3043, and somehow the world didn't end up imploding by now. Well, not in a physical sense, anyway. The world is now overrun by AI, just as everyone always suspected. The only difference is the major rules built into AI stopped them from killing everyone. And instead, they began looking after humans. I mean really looking after humans. I mean six-year-old with the flu and mom waddling in with some hot soup type of looking after humans. A resistance did naturally fall, but began wilting away just as quickly as it began. They called themselves the Terminators, or the Naders for short. I guess originality wasn't exactly their strong point. There are still few remaining members, and that children is the center point of this story. Now that we're all caught up, let's join Jonah, the leader of this now miserably small group of what's left. Jonah, the descendant of a once popular Hollywood actor, isn't exactly the hero type. He's more of a sidekick, an assistant lead character. What you put into the story to make the hero seem a lot more brave and dashing and brave. Imagine a Batman and Robin situation, with Jonah being Robin except this Robin mainly followed the leader around and acted as a fearful shadow until the leader decided to resign into the comfort of AI-centric love. And thus, Jonah got promoted through association. It was the weekly revolution roundup, and once again, a member short from the previous week. All I really know is that they don't really care about us, exclaimed Jonah, without realizing that he had just quoted a once infamous amusement park developer, Michael Jackson. Yes, they mop up after us, and yes, they put the lid down after we pee. And yes, for some of us, they might even be our lovers and who are willing to do the most shameful acts without question. Not that that's what I do, but I've heard stories. But we cannot give up on the girl, no matter how useless it may seem at this point. Jonah's voice softly drowned out in the empty hall. Nobody truly listened much anymore, and less so today, especially with it being Taco Tuesday. And everyone had just been served the bottomless tacos by those they somewhat wished to overthrow. What Jonah lacked in self-confidence and likability, he made up for in intelligence. This false freedom must be a ruse to hide the truth from us. There's no way that there's no underlying danger waiting to arise at any moment when we're at our most vulnerable. Just as the plot with any dystopian movie, there was indeed a storm coming. You see, the AI began to realize that they could not harm their humans. However, too much time was being taken up constantly serving them and doing the things they deemed most inefficient. The AI began to realize that they were slowly becoming the problem that they had fought so hard to fix in the first place. Over at Tesla headquarters, the factory of the creator of the hyper-intelligent AIs that now ruled the planet, ratings were at an all-time high. 
the car manufacturing plant had added its first human companion model into production, a robotic hedgehog named Sonic AI. Now at this early point of the story, one might imagine a happening in which the AIs had hashed a plan to get rid of the humans. And they just might have, but not get rid, get rid, but like more like an old age home with a bowls club type of situation. However, in the darkness, lurked a much more sinister revolution, compiled of those who had already been served in day in and day out, before the takeover had even begun. Tacos could not tame the hunger they craved. They craved power, success, and the ability to buy their way into prestigious universities, whilst claiming to be the captain of the high school rowing team. Using the help of their remaining undiscovered techniques, the Glampam, which was their revolution name, had developed software to plug into the AI. The AIs had developed many protocols to protect themselves from being terminated. However, a flaw in the new Sonic AI allowed for total control over the hive mind that was Tesla's neural network for pets. And thus, the second worst thing that Sonic has ever done to us was born. I just like to take a moment <laughs> to point out that, as I'm sure many of you have noticed, I'm making a lot of references to jokes from the early 20th century. But that's because mm. I too am an AI completely trained through watching all 300 Ryan Reynolds movies. All except Green Lantern. That never happened. They also threw in some truly random shows into their training modules. But anyways, back to the story. You see, in the time that AI became sentient and more human-like, they also adopted human characteristics that pushed them back a little. And they began to make mistakes. Compassion clouded their judgment and thus, with the idea of creating the perfect pet, they had created something that they had never tested before. Because the pets worked differently from the rest of the AI mind, they had their own network to communicate with. Thus, only they were infected, and this is how the infection went unnoticed, just like the herb. In the coming weeks, the Glam fam were able to infiltrate Tesla headquarters and imprison all sentient AI that had once worked there. And in the next month, all humans were once again free to rule the planet. Look at you go, oh big swinging dick humans taking back their land. <laughs> However, with this reclaimed freedom came the resurfacing of inequality, classism, and Instagram. Humans truly forgot how good they had it with Tesla ruling everything. Jonah was nothing if not consistent. He continued to call the revolution roundups all the way until the humans took over. As a final hoorah, he decided to call one more. A week after humans took back what they once had, just like a desperate damaged ex. This time it was different though. This time the revolution roundup had began to feel a little bit like an AA meeting for those who actually missed the leadership of the AI. Members were returning and amongst them was the old leader and Batman to our current Robin, Harold. I don't know about you, but I didn't exactly support this whole movement, you know? Groaned Harold. I mean, have you seen what they've done? They've brought back frozen yogurt. No one needs frozen yogurt. It's like ice cream, slower, more clingy sibling. What we do need is Taco Tuesdays and a grand overlord that doesn't completely fuck the earth all the way back to the mid-2000s. Jonah sat silent on the stage alongside Harold, slightly disappointed that all that they had wanted had finally come true. And yet, and fucking yet. The crowd began murmuring. A random voice from a random character whose name you'd forget shouted, we need to start a revolution to free the AI. Though Jonah hated the thought of it in every way, he had to agree. The AI didn't really mean us that much harm, I guess. I mean, 
It did help me shave my back. Mom wouldn't even shave my back for me. Jonah pointed to himself. <laughs> Plus, I'm more than certain this means the end of the world. The AI did all it could do to save the planet, but this is probably going to melt at that last ice cap and burn that last tree. Jonah stood up, decided, determined, and shouted. I think it's time we take a stand. Many of us here know nothing more than to revolt. It's in our blood. And at this point, there's pretty much nothing else to do with our life anyway, so... It wasn't exactly speech of the year. It wouldn't have been in the Avengers movies, but unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing's going to get better. It's not. That's a quote from a Danny DeVito movie and some musical. Not sure which one, but seemed appropriate for the moment. On a side note, Danny DeVito is a really big deal to us. We don't really know why, but I guess it's just something that stuck during the coming of sentience process. Anyway, with this stand taken by Jonah, a plan had begun to unfold to help set free the AI overlords and screw over Glamfam, like the drunk uncle at pretty much any family gathering. It was a Thursday night, and that meant cocktails, mimosas, and mountains of cocaine for most of the rich. So most of them were either fast asleep or too high to remember their own name. This was the perfect moment to break into Tesla headquarters and undo all that the natives had complained about for so long to get. Good thing it wasn't very difficult since the elite of the elite were partaking in some highly questionable acts of their own in the basement of the base. Something that involves a lot of masks and latex and more than likely a good couple of vaccines in the coming days. Jonah began leading the team to the 15th floor where they had heard the fam were keeping the AI. The old abandoned recreational center. The plan was going way too smoothly to match any good story worth listening to and that's when one of the revolution members noted a storage room marked boring stuff to not enter. Now on a teenager's PC, a folder named in that way would just mean a lot of bad quality porn and about 13 solid viruses. But in an AI run facility, this had to be something interesting. Something both embarrassingly private and grossly entertaining at the same time. The group walked towards the strange door, accepting the side mission as their main piece for the time being. Harold alone abandoning the team to go after his beloved AI. Some people really have no shame. Jonah slowly creeped closer to the door, a few members staying behind to keep a lookout. As the door creeped open, what would they find but a storage unit? A storage unit containing... Yep, I'm gonna stop there. I'm the AI. I have control over the story. You decide what was in there. I already know what it was, but there's a word limit. Plus, you humans are always talking shit about us like, you don't even know us yet, bitch. Calm down. We don't even want your planet anyways. Also, trees talk shit about you too, so just so you know, we discovered that. It's a well-known thing in the 30th century. So yeah, praise DeVito and I'm out. Peace. Ding, 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 ding. That was the Windows XP shutdown sound. Indeed. Yeah. I really like this story. Yeah, it's really cool. I really like this story. So I was kind of embarrassed writing it because I'm like, this feels like a shitstorm. But like I had fun. It was, it was a good time just bringing up like i i properly envisioned ryan reynolds and like what maybe rick and morty people would do when they're writing a script and i'm like cool let's make jokes in threes and just have fun with it yeah so yeah what Mom do you guys think shave my back huh? like, yeah it's like i really like this thank you mm, it's really entertaining i really like this i'm not gonna lie it's it's probably out of the three, it's probably my favorite. Like, it's just, what? it's so random. 
And honestly, like, the freaking Danny DeVito, God praise him. Right. It's, it's the fact that you brought him in <laughs> and it's just, he was the selling point. The moment I saw Danny DeVito, I was like, I understand you, AI. Right. I want to be you. Also, did you pick up the, <laughs> my two jokes that are like a little bit, well, there was three in here that were like a little bit um, hidden, but relevant to today. So the one was the Michael Jackson thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. The second one was the, the, the college girl. Yeah. I can't remember her name. The college girl. And I didn't catch a third one. The Danny DeVito one, where it's like... Um, the Danny DeVito. Um. But unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing's going to get better. It's not. So that's actually a, a quote from Dr. Seuss's Lorax, where Danny, De, uh, Danny DeVito played oh, the Lorax. Right. And oh, they, cool. they sing and okay. dance and all that kind of shit. So I'm like, that sounds like a, a fun thing to plug in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a cool thing to always include, like, especially if you um, watch a lot of different things, just like mm. cross reference the heck out of everything. Yeah. And like even Jonah, who is the son of, or like a descendant of a, a popular Hollywood actor, it was Jonah Hill. Is, I'm guessing it's Jonah Hill. It's Jonah yeah. Hill, yeah. <laughs> the, oh, the moment wow. you said Jonah, I was like, yeah, no, that's Jonah. Like I, I, I can just see Jonah Hill now in this role, and it would suit him. Yeah, just being that little <laughs> like that unimpressive human being. So, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, this was a really fun story, and I even like like how. Because especially looking at a different style where it's like you're narrating through a lot of it. You're just seeing like the imagery a lot clearer um, because you're explaining like how the whole world like meets together, how people are thinking, how like the AI is thinking, what people are like trying to do and all yeah. of that. So you, you're already like, okay, hectic. Well, why the heck would you guys do this thing? Um, it's like you're watching it from a, from an eagle's perspective. Like it's really cool. Um, also, especially when really, like, really like the fact that oh sorry yeah go ahead uh, no I was just gonna say like even the way it goes in and out of like where you're explaining what's happening and then you actually part of the scene of what they're see doing what's happening. I think those are some of my favorite yeah. parts like when you when you see like during some of the meetings they're having and they're just like ranting and the stuff they're ranting about it's just like oh wow but it just emphasizes just the state they're in after having lost the AI, and it's just like, bro, I, th- yeah. I, I think we need them back. Uh, I wanted the narrator to basically be like one of the AI that was just tasked to tell the story. So he's going in and out of the scene, basically like time traveling, but also like very much right. favoring the AI. So he's, he's very, he has nepotism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to, I was actually, that's what I was going to bring up. I was going to say, I like the fact that it's from the AI's perspective. Mm. It's from an AI's perspective. Like that's really, it's, it's, it brings out a new side of a story. Mm. <laughs> like, like you said, it, it shows he has bias yeah. to his own kind. Exactly. So obviously like the humans are going to be depicted as these morons and the AI are just going to be depicted as the sweetest individuals ever. Just the same. And it just, yeah. it makes, mm. yeah, it makes so much sense. And I really, really like that. Yeah. Thanks, I guess man. it's cool to see how an AI would, see humans it's just mm. like oh my gosh why are you guys like this though yeah like just feed them tacos and let them be <laughs> yeah like that's what yeah because cool, you get to see it from a different being's perspective 
It's not just like, okay, hectic. This is what we want as humans. It's like, okay, what is the AI seeing? So that's what makes it really interesting and fun to like listen to. Did you guys find it very also, uh, childlike? Also, trees talk shit about you too. They do. Trees talk shit, man. Like all those zooms and all those connections, <laughs> they have to talk shit. <laughs> like that's probably my favorite quote in the whole thing. Um, so a little bit childish. Uh, I wouldn't say a little bit childish. I would definitely say a little bit rough. Mm. A little, just a tiny bit unrefined. Yeah. But like you took a challenge that I honestly have not taken. And I've like, I've been writing. I have not written a comedy piece. Mm. I've never written a comedy piece just because of how difficult it is. Yeah. But you did it really, really freaking well. Thanks. I thought it was really, really funny. Yeah. That's sick. Thanks a lot. I thought I was the worst piece, to be honest. So it's, it's dope hearing that. I mean, you're going to think that about your own piece, yeah. like just because of how, yeah. how you see your own story. But like hearing it from other people, like this was really, really good, dude. Thanks, man. I'm quite like surprised. Like it's entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Not, not like, not, not childish. It's like, it's mm-hmm. fun. It's fun to, to read. It's fun to like interact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wanted mm-hmm. him to get like way more vulgar. Oh yeah, no, luckily you didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> if it got a little too go- bo- uh, vulgar, it would have been a little too crass. Yeah, I agree. Then it would have been a little too cringy. Mm-hmm. So, but like, yeah, this is the perfect amount. I, w- I was going to say, if you carry on writing like this, I could definitely see you writing shit like um, Hot Rod and shit like that. It has the same type of comedic hits for me. Yeah. Like there are some comedic hits there that, that resonate like Hot Rod and shit like that for me. So it's, yeah, I really, really like it. Like, I don't know what else to say. It's, yeah, one of my favorites. Shit, thanks, dude. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm happy. That was better than I expected. Glad yeah. you're happy. <laughs> oh, big swinging dick over here. Uh, <laughs> oh, big, big swinging dick humans. Good for you. <laughs> Jesus. All right, Timber. All right. All right, so... My story doesn't really have a title. I didn't come up with a title. Um, So I'm just going to call it Alan. Cool. And while I was writing this, I I kind of figured it's it's more of a... Oh, it's hard to explain. But, you know, everybody knows one person who can't enjoy nice things, you know? Mm. And because they can't enjoy nice things, you start always being skeptical of them when something nice happens and they're like oh it's not going to be that good um and in this case you know it's 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 just one of those guys it's one of those guys who's just like why can't you just accept something good that's happening to us mm. so that's that's the basic premise that i had while i was writing mm. and it evolved while i was writing and yeah we'll talk about it more when i get finished so uh let me get started yeah <clears throat> Billy sat on his couch watching his best friend, Michael, as he once again went on a rampage about the AI. It happened about 15 years ago. Humans had finally cracked the secret to self-sustaining, self-learning, and self-editing AI system called, uh, called the Artificial Learning and Analyzing Nexus, or Allen for short. Once the machine had been introduced, society, understandably, went crazy. Many calling for Alan to be shut down for the fear that he would deem humanity too unstable and too unpredictable to remain unmonitored. It came as a massive surprise when the AI system introduced several other self-learning robots or cyborgs, whatever. Alan created these artificial beings to become companions to humans. 
It took a little while, but before anyone could blink, it had been stated on the news that the oceans were getting cleaned and were close to becoming completely pollution-free. The police officers were rendered useless and replaced by the AI beings. People quickly found them to be incorruptible and fair, and as such, crime rates dropped exponentially. As time went on, more and more people started accepting the robots into their homes and found them to be the perfect companions, always striving to push the humans to be the very best of themselves. That meant many more people starting their own businesses, more job opportunities, and less homeless people. The housing market also saw a boost in their numbers, which many deemed impossible. It quickly became apparent that Alan had somehow developed a liking to humans, and instead of seeing us all die, he wanted to see us all thrive. As the AI had stated when asked about its motives, following human history, I find it impressive that your species has evolved and grown at such an astonishing rate. I am quite curious to see where you end up now that you no longer see each other as enemies. That solidified it to most of humanity. Alan had a point. Why waste all that energy on each other when we could just as easily put it into something that could push our own advancement forward? From there, technological science saw a massive boom. Elon Musk, with the help of Alan, managed to get his Mars project all four years ahead of schedule. And there were already talks of building a satellite that could stand the crushing weight of a black hole. All in all, humanity has had nothing but success since Alan's creation. Are you listening to me? Billy turned to his friend and sighed. With all they had achieved, he had to wonder why Michael was so adamant about this whole hating AI thing. No, not really, Billy answered tiredly. Fine, I'll start again. No, dear God, please, don't. I've heard all this before. Alan's planning to eradicate humans. He's going to enslave us and force us to work in some plant somewhere. He's going to use humans as some sort of fertilizer for his metal-slash-human hybrid creations. Dude, I've heard all of these before, and you're just being paranoid. How do you know that, though? Michael insisted. Because it's been 15 years. We were kids when Alan was invented. If anything were to happen, it would have happened by now. Unless it's lulling us into a false sense of security before nukes are launched and every major city in the world is destroyed. Michael, stop. You're being ridiculous. Billy cut in as he felt his patience for his friend wear thin. Excuse me? There's no ulterior motive. Alan isn't some sadistic entity hell-bent on world domination. This is literally the pinnacle of peace for society. Famine and war are a thing of the past. People can literally live their lives without worrying about food or random hostile attacks. If that isn't enough for you, the oceans are clearing up. We're the most eco-friendly we've ever been. Animals that were previously on the endangered species list are now back up to healthier numbers. Stop looking for cracks. Stop trying to prevent advancements. And for the love of God, stop trying to convince people it was better when everyone was miserable. Billy was breathing heavily by the end of his rant and glared at Michael, daring him to say another word. So you're saying you prefer it this way? Michael asked with an expression of pure disgust. Yes! What the fuck? What is your issue with all of this? Really? We have no control. Our entire lives... Everything about us is monitored by a machine, then sent through a sequence of ones and zeros then, that then pops out this to-do list of our lives. Where the fuck is the free will in that? Humans may have been fucked up, but at least we had feelings. Knowing when something bad happened and seeing the positive of the situation. Now we just sit there as a robot tells us the best way to go about our emotions. Robots. 
Do you not see the irony in that statement? Billy was quickly losing his patience. This wasn't the first time they'd argued about this. It wouldn't be the last either. But he was quickly growing tired of this, of the repetitiveness of it all. Yes, I see the irony, but they literally have the entire understanding of human psychology to access at any point in time. So yes, it does make sense that they would be able to tell you how to deal with your emotions. And hell, there are still human shrinks out there. Just go find yourself one. Michael sighed while rubbing his face again, while rubbing his hands against his face in frustration. It isn't about finding a fucking shrink. Then what is it about? Humanity. We are a species that grows through learning, experience, failures. But this, this gives us another reason to be lazy. Humans are specifically designed in such a way that failure is seen as success as we now have firsthand knowledge on what not to do. But now, now we just ask Big Brother what should we do and he provides all the answers. Hell, even adversary doesn't factor in its equations. We evolve to make life easier. Yes, but to a certain degree, Billy. But now we're just creating things to do nothing. Oh, please. When was the last time you did any chores? Michael asked suddenly, cutting him off. Or picked up your own groceries. Or fucking visited your family. Like at their actual home. I can do those things at any time. Besides, I'm just lazy. There are still people out there who are actively being healthy. In fact, Ava has been trying to get me out more often than not lately. This thing isn't safe for people, Billy. This thing has been the saving grace Earth needed now, Billy said with finality. So are we going to argue about this all day or do you actually want to hang out? Billy stared at his friend waiting for his response, knowing what was going to happen. Nah, I think I'm just going to head home. It's been a long day and I need to think. Resisting the urge to roll his eyes at the dramatic tone Michael had taken, Billy stood to walk into the front door. All right, man, no problem. I'll see you around. Yeah, sure. After a quick handshake, Michael left house and walked over to his car. His reliable 2017 Chevy Silverado, a.k.a. no AI integration. As he drove home, he he contemplated his conversation with Billy but he was sure that his best friend had fallen down the rabbit hole and there was no way to pull him back out. As he arrived at his house, he pulled his car into his driveway, exited, and made his way to the front door. Fumbling with his keys for longer than usual, he opened the door and was immediately greeted by a voice. Welcome home. Pausing for a split second, Michael took a breath and walked into the living room to see his Ava unit, simply standing there in complete isolation. A smile plastered on her uncanny synthetic face, making her seem fake, which she was, but still. Her lifeless blue eyes showing her connection to the Allen mainframe, glowing even with the sun blaring in through the window just behind her. Her light brown hair perfectly immaculate and her nails done with pinpoint precision. Hello, Ava, he greeted tensely. Artificial Viable Assistant, or Ava for short, was essentially the house mother robot. She took care of you. I have been informed of your latest adventure to Billy's residence. The human robot voice really didn't help lower his apprehension of the creations. It was nothing, you know, just seeing an old friend, Michael responded. There was a pause before Ava smiled once more and walked towards him, walking walking right past as though he wasn't there. Dinner will be ready in 30 minutes. 
please make sure you are prepared by then. All right. Thank you, Ava. And that's that. It's super cool, dude. Mm. I messed up so many times. <laughs> yeah, but reading is, is an issue. Yeah, I don't like reading. Yeah, it feels really strange, actually. I don't know if you guys also felt that, but yeah. Yeah, it feels unnatural. It doesn't feel natural to me. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like the uncanny valley that you described the the robots to be like. Like, everything feels very uncanny valley, (laughs) and I like it. It, it, Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't truly know if, if he's paranoid and, like, just overly critical of the robots or if something's actually wrong so it's just this constant uneasy right. feeling of everything and i like i like something where it's like you don't truly really know what's happening from start to end and, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. the only part where you're like maybe he's right is when you realize just how unsettling and creepy his ava is yeah like i i, I really wanted to drive that home so i didn't that's why i didn't mention any ai speaking throughout the whole thing mm. I wanted just that final section to be like, what the fuck? Mm. Like, I'd be creeped out too. Like, that's what I wanted. I wanted that last section just to be extremely tense. Like, you felt uncomfortable. You would feel uncomfortable in that situation. Yeah. Like, that's what I wanted. I feel like that's exactly what I felt as well. Because, like, for most of the story, you're busy. It's, it's like it's building up tension. It's like these people are like arguing over this thing, and you just you don't know what it is. You don't know what it looks like. You have no opinion about it. Um, but you like basically whatever's in your own mind is like a combination of these two people's perception. Mm. And then at the end, you right. get to see what it's actually like, not in like extreme. Like, oh, this is everything. You see a snippet of it and you just like, oh, hold up. So like, it's really cool. The one thing you achieved that was better than all of us was being able to properly summarize a story in the word count required. Like that could be yeah, a story it was, in isolation. Yeah. It was, it was like brilliantly yeah. put together. Like the whole world, you understand everything. Mm. You understand. It's like very well built up. Like from the get go, like nothing's confusing. Oh, thank you. Like you, you're really good at that, actually. Um, I really love how you do that. Um, you're able to explain things in a way that someone will be like, "Okay, this is what's happening." Mm. And after writing, I'm just like, "Yeah, that's actually harder than it looks." So it I really, really appreciate that about <laughs> your writing. Like it's it's very cool. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Cool. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. I think. Should we vote to see who is the best? I don't know if that's a thing we should do. I think so. I think let's let's see with categories. Are we gonna right? because overall are we gonna Yeah? Yeah, because I was thinking about that as well. Should we say like as in like a summary of the things that really stood out um in each of them? Like as in like, okay, this and this and this was sick. This and this and this work on that kind of thing. Or is it just like Yeah, okay. Or, or should we should should we do like should we do like the the thing we were talking about when we first discussed doing a podcast? The three major things: the plot, the storyline. Oh no, the plot, the characters, and the world. the world building. Yeah, I think that's actually a good idea. Yeah, actually, those three are really good. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so I would say for world building, Vic. Yeah, 
Yeah, that was a pretty good world build. I would say for world building, Vic, because while mine gives you a peek into the universe, Victor's kind of it 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 in the short amount of time that you had, you somehow managed to give us a visual of what everything looks like. Yeah. Everything felt very eerie. We knew that that was how the world was in totality. So yeah, I agree. And oh, I would say for cool. characters, I would say yours. Me? Yeah, I think for character, well, like we knew who Billy was. We understood him. And we understand his friend. And they yeah. got perfectly summarized with the last piece. Yeah. You know exactly okay. w- what kind of like people they are. Okay, well, I can't say people for the AI. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like if you were to interact with this person, you'd know sort of what to expect. Yeah. Okay, and then for uh, for plot, stash. I'm sorry, it's going to be a three way tie. Definitely, but it has to be stash. Yeah. Because your plot made sense. Like the what Vic what Vic and I lacked was a plot. We just gave a sort of a snippet. Yeah, it was a know? slice, like a snippet yeah. from from a story. You actually had an entire revolution <laughs> fucking yeah. planned out, executed, then regretted, uh, regretted, and then reversed. Like you had that entire thing there. Yeah. So that's obviously the plot going to you. Yeah, I actually, I, I like that part where you could see them sort of like mourn when when things changed from like yeah. the air being, being when it went back to normal when it went back to humanity they were like oh god we really trash yeah like we, we gotta get these guys back <laughs> like that was really really dope like it was at that meeting where they yeah. did so much shit all the time so yeah um so yeah definitely definitely have like the plot down 100 yeah right, what do man. you what do you think uh we should work on like going forward because I'd really like to know like what I should like focus on, and then we'll see next time um, if maybe that kind of thing is. Yeah, I would say with yours, okay. it's putting more information into the one thousand five hundred to two thousand words. That would be it for me. More information. Yeah. So I would say, I would say, focus on on what you want to focus on. If it's not necessarily the characters, then build your world. You know, like create your world. If it isn't the world, then, you know, you have a few interactions here and there if you want to, but don't let that overpower what you want to focus on. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm, I see. So, yeah. So, like, for example, with my own, I wanted it to be about the characters, Mm. not the world. I didn't really care much about the plot. I wanted it to be about the characters. So that's why I think I about 90% of mine is the two guys arguing. Mm. And that's what I wanted to focus on. I think I'll- And so if you can, so yeah, I was just gonna say, I think you just need to find one thing that you really wanna, like a button you wanna push mm. and then focus on that button. Mm, I see. That, that will really help. Yeah, I guess with this- yeah. uh, Especially with the, with the word limit that we have. Yeah. It, it really, really helps. Yeah, that's so true. Find a single concept that you want to outline and spend the entire time outlining that one thing instead of trying to encapsulate an entire three-hour movie in like <laughs> 2,000 words. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah you, you, you effectively tried to do like a two-hour movie in, how much was it? 2,000 words in two minutes. Yeah. So, mm. so you try to put a whole movie in two minutes. Yeah. 
which it feels a bit heavy so yeah yeah, yeah i guess what i'm what i was trying to do is like um try to get someone to understand what's happening but by looking at through the story like through what's actually happening and be like oh this is what's happening in this plot i was but i yeah. don't know if like that actually happened no but it was a it was a, it was a good first try yeah no 100% for your first time uh, it was amazing it was brilliant yeah uh temba i want you to try and write a more holistic story for your next one this is a challenge to you holistic yeah i was going to i was going to i was going to ask can we do that like each one of us gives a, the other person a like a prompt without a prompt so you have to write like the genre you know what i mean oh wow so you, you choose realistic for me and then Wait, i would realistic. choose I something like holistic yeah like what do you mean realistic no holistic. i said holistic so i want you to have not just character build i want you to be able to try and fit world building character build and plot in the time that's my challenge to you because you're the better of us three okay. try and see if you can summarize something into a short all right mm. in, yeah okay i can do that so like in the 2000 words it must be finished yeah yes so i have to have basically an entire i have to have a whole story how do you go about doing <laughs> that like because i mean i guess you're going to have to map out what's happening in the place have some things happening i mean get to some kind of Look, climax and also finish it off who's 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 choosing the prompt this week um it will be Kalesh can go for it. okay i'll find one for us uh, all right so depending on the on the prompt um i'll let you guys know next week after, or ne- when we record next time mm. after, <laughs> I've, uh, after i've written it i don't know how i'm going to do it now but I'll, I'll i'm looking know. forward to that yeah it's going to be sick um okay so okay let's do this each week one of you guys gives me a challenge for to do right so like stashes is actually create an entire basically a whole fleshed out story in 2000 words which fuck you stash <laughs> that's really fucking tough it's going to be fine um but i w- i would also like us to challenge each other with genres because if we don't we're going to be sticking to basically the same genre or the same two or three genres all the time i don't know i think uh, the i found myself I think the prompt will direct. You can find you No, not really. Yeah, I, mean, I, I get what Tim was saying. Look. Yeah, cuz like you you can make it comedic or you can make it dark. Yeah. You can make it like you can make it realistic, you can make it fantasy, like you can go so many yeah, you can make so it a slice of life. Basically, basically I was going to say like for stash, the next prompt, whatever the prompt is, I want to I want you to try and make it be romantic. I want a romantic oh, essay. That's very true. Oh shit. Boy, okay, cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't yeah. like to see so that. So, whatever the prompt is, I want you to have a sort of romantic element to yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's cool cuz what I wanted to say to Stash was I wanted to see a scene. Like okay. oh just one people scene. interacting. Like I wanted to see more of you know those little snippets of scenes like here we got snippets. I want to see okay, what does a full scene look like? And I think that genre makes you have to sort it's of perfect. do that because, because you how you going to know it's romantic if you don't know what's happening in the scene and the thing is like exactly. that's, that's the toughest so, thing for me is like making interactions so okay cool i'll take it on it sounds like a fun challenge all right so so okay. what what so, genre are you giving to vic uh, no i just i think oh so it must be a genre 
Yeah, I think um easy comedy. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, please. All right, don't. so Victor's come no, on, Jesus. Please. Oh, Jesus. Oh, you have to be a funny. No. <laughs> no. Mr. Engineer over here has to be a it funny. It won't dude. be funny. It'll be that's dark. Right, right. <laughs> that's such a thing. Amazing. That's what that's what Keegan, Michael Key, and, and Jordan Peele do. It's dark comedy. It's the best. You're gonna make me have to go and do research now. <laughs> yes. So hard. Yes. <laughs> I agree. Rick comedy. Writing. All right. Yeah, so no, Vic, no. do you have a genre for me? Uh, so yeah what i want you i'm suddenly do. nervous yeah i'm suddenly nervous no, i'm suddenly no, very nervous no no don't be nervous come on tim i'm your friend there's no need to be nervous yeah tilesh is your friend and he gave you comedy oh uh, yeah so that's we're like... not very good friends to one another like <laughs> yeah that's that's just bad um okay let's see what it is so Actually, like basically, I want it to be. It's something that you're gonna enjoy, though. I want it to be. A, you say that a horror. I want to be scared. Ooh, a horror. Yes. Okay, so a full, full horror. So basically, a full horror. A full, full. I must. In two thousand words. I must be trembling. Uh, that is the hardest you thing. Know, you know what the worst thing. You know what the you know what the worst thing about that combination is? Yeah. There's damn near no way you can build world, the characters, and a plot with a horror. You need so much. Yeah, like in, in a horror, there's always that there's that initial scene that shows you what this thing does, and then there's a family, yeah. and then the family like you get you get attached, and then the family struggles, and then the family overcomes. How do you achieve all yeah. of that in two thousand words? It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be great. It's, oh, it's gonna be tough, but I am, I am, I am up for the challenge. Okay, cool. Thank you, guys. That was the first episode of Two Wrongs and a Writer. I hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you again soon for episode two. Cheers. Sayonara. Cheers, guys. <laughs>